0: Hello welcome to the Marvel Cinema Podcast, at home for positive fan culture and here to talk about all things nerdy. I'm your co-host Henry.
1: I'm your other co-host Matthew.
0: And this week on the show we will be discussing Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, <laughs> it's been a big one. It's, I feel like it's kind of gone by quickly compared to the phases. I think um,
1: It feels like it's a bit of a surprise because all of a sudden we were just told, yeah, this is the end of Phase 4.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It is kind of. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't expect the first kind of phase after um, the end game sort of phase. I guess you could call it the previous one to be like a a big deal. I I just thought, oh yeah, it'll be like a a, a phase one again. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but yeah, it is kind of ended, and I guess now we're in phase five. I we think. are. I think. <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's a bit strange but uh yeah before that though want one mentioned that we do have a podcast, uh, podcast <laughs> a podcast a instagram account uh, at marvelous in the podcast so you want to check us out there please do uh doing reviews a lot of lists recently a lot of like rankings because mm-hmm. they're always fun um but yeah just give us a look over there and also you want to get in, in contact with us do that on instagram or on any service that you can with the podcast and we'll be happy to get back in touch with you mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, do you want to get through the news first? News, news,
1: news. Here we are. Yeah, I'm gonna, and gonna once s- again
0: just to <laughs> this to remind everyone. It's kind of a live reaction because I don't have social media at the moment, so I'm just I'm hearing all this for the first time.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to start off with some with a great tragedy. Um, oh. This week there is no read of the week.
0: There's no read. Couldn't find one. Really?
1: <laughs> and believe me, it wasn't for a lack of trying.
0: I, I it'll be somewhere. There's some website Are you questioning
1: my research abilities.
0: <laughs> no, but, you know, there's some website somewhere. It'll have something. Oh, I'm, sure it will. Yeah. I'm sure it will.
1: Yeah, sure it will. But this week, I've decided to not lower it to that that standard. we <laughs> right. a respectable journalist outfit. <laughs> Um, yeah. instead, um, we will get on with our our big news, our several big bits of news. Um, first up is about Chris Hemsworth. Right. So uh, Chris Hemsworth has announced he's taking a break from acting and he has also suggested that his next time playing Thor will probably be his last. This right. all comes after he um, for his sort of latest Disney plus like documentary series Limitless. Following Mm -hmm. genetic tests, it has been discovered that he has a genetic predisposition It places him eight to ten times more likely to develop Alzheimer's. Um, He has revealed this in a Vanity Fair interview. Uh, The indicator was discovered as part of the the latest only episodes for Limitless, and it has prompted him to kind of rethink how he spends his time on and spend more time with his family kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see him take a break, and... You know, the next time we see Thor will probably be the last time he's played by Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Um, but I kind of feel like that was maybe what we were going towards anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. I kind of felt like I, I don't know. When I, I think at the end of the fourth uh, film in that franchise, um, I kind of was. If it felt, felt weirder that it wasn't the end in mm. a way. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I would kind of thought, yeah, it's probably coming soon for that character. I think.
1: Similarly with Disney, now this is probably the probably the biggest news of the week. It might Ooh. even be the biggest news of sort of the latter stage of this year, in fact. Uh-huh. Because it's a pretty huge change. So last night and this morning, in a shock turn of events, Bob Iger has been reinstated as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Right. Iger will serve as the CEO for two years, beginning quote with a mandate from the board to set the strategic direction for renewed growth and to work closely with the board in developing a successor to lead the company at the completion of his term. Mm. Bob Chapek, who only only took over from Bob Iger as CEO two years ago, had led Disney through the COVID pandemic and Mm. um, led a refocused digital campaign that saw an explosion in streaming growth. However, the theme park closures and the halting of film and TV production enforced by the pandemic took a toll on the company. His tenure has also been marred by controversy, namely the mistreatment Mm -hmm. of Marvel star Scarlett Johansson which led to a financial settlement over Black Widow and Disney's much criticised silence over Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. While streaming subscriptions soared to 235 million across all of the streaming software or streaming outlets they have, so that's Disney+, Plus, um, Hulu, and there's another one that I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but Chapex reign had also seen streaming losses grow to nearly 1.5 billion oh. in like, the last quarter. Uh, he also announced sort of, at the start of November that the company would freeze hiring and would be exploring layoffs. Oh, right, okay. um, Bob Wagger first took over as CEO in 2005, Disney's market cap at that time when he did take over was 55 billion. When he stepped mm. down in 2020, it had risen to 260 billion. Wow. And as of Friday, that figure had fallen to fall into 167. While Aggie's return is kind of a shock, it's really no surprise that the bulb would turn to him. During his tenure, it saw several multi billion dollar acquisitions of Pixar in 2006, Marvel in 2009, and Lucasfilm in 2012. Um, 2019 also saw Disney's global box office growth past $10 billion the same year as they also acquired Fox this is the last paragraph of this I've been reading off this sheet for what feels like forever (laughs) it's potentially a positive move for creative, since Igo is well regarded for his personal skills He, he always maintained good relationships with studio heads like Kevin Feige and Kathleen Kennedy in what was meant to be his last retreat with the Disney company last year um, I get emphasised the importance of creativity and talent according to the Hello Hollywood Reporter his reputation mm. as talent friendly would be a welcome alternative to Chapek who came from the parks and sort of amusement more business side of Disney yeah. the, kind of, the reaction has mostly been positive especially from the animation industry who are elated to see Chapek go
2: <laughs> right.
1: that is the end of my reading block <laughs>
0: I, I guess I wasn't aware how unpopular a pick was mm.
1: um, yeah but yeah
0: when I think about uh, uh, the previous <laughs> what's his name again Bob Bob Iger Bob Iger there we go mm. Um I think about him being the head of Disney like he did quite a lot didn't he mm. like he was the amount of photos that i see of him like handshaking someone like, <laughs> like George Lucas for example yeah. I'd be like wow like, I guess he's like the head of Disney, and <laughs> just didn't really quite realize how much he's like done in that time. I didn't realize he was being there for that long either. But yeah, mm. I mean,
1: he started with um, he started with ABC the network. He started with them in 1974, hmm. and then when right. Disney bought ABC, he like he became head of that network. Right. So he's been knocking oh, about right. for for quite a while with Disney.
0: Hmm.
1: And yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, he's probably. It's... Especially in recent times, he's probably been just as influential as Walt Disney himself. Yeah, cause
0: yeah, I was gonna say he's um, I he has that sort of presence in mm. a way. Um, I wouldn't say the exact same like level of like presence that uh, Walt Disney actually had, mm. but it's definitely like. I mean, the new guy. Whenever I did see him in some sort of interview or whatever it might have been, I just kind of thought, oh, it's you know it's a business guy <laughs> mm. i didn't really think much of him but i was yeah but i was also not it's not aware that he was that well unliked um and yeah i mean i because i do remember now now i think about about the whole scholar johansson thing um i guess it's been a while since that but yeah so i guess that yeah i guess mm. i guess i'm happy that I, you know that we've moved on from him
1: it's yeah it's um, difficult it's difficult to be happy like A multi million dollar, multi billion dollar company changing leadership.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I guess I'm happy, but like, I'm sure Disney will be fine either way. Mm. (laughs) Like, it's Disney, it'll self sustain.
1: Yeah, I think most of the backlash to Chapek was because he kind of pushed streaming so heavily. Mm. And he, there was that kind of, that whole policy of kind of pushing animated films into streaming. Right. And denying them that, um, that initial cinematic release. Yeah. I think it was done as part of COVID, because I think there was, was it Soul, Pixar Soul. Yeah, Sol. yeah,
3: back in that one. But that scene. was kind of
1: during the pandemic, so it was kind of, you know, there were loads of other films that were doing the same, Black Widow, I think Wonder Woman happened to Wonder Woman. Um, yep, yeah. Yeah. But then sort of gradually as, as more films were released sort of back in the cinema, there wasn't mm. that same progression for animation. I think the one that kind of brought people's attention to it was it was called Luca. Yeah. Like an underwater one.
3: Mhm.
1: Um, that went straight to streaming. I think that was sort of the first point where people started saying, hang on a minute, you're kind of treating this with a lesser art form kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And Luca definitely, deserves, mm. definitely did deserve that kind of bigger screen.
1: Yeah. So for animation, it's certainly a, a big step in the right direction. Yeah. And you know, he's, Bob Iger oversaw a lot of of key progression for those kind of those three big studios, Pixar, Marvel and Lucasfilm. Hmm. Um and I certainly kind of you know, that that does strike something for me. Again, it's multi billion dollar company. It's not <laughs> yeah. all gonna be controlled by him, but it's kind of a bit of a reassuring hand I suppose, a bit of stability. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that. Um, there are more kind of uh, production company related bits of news this week. So, the first of them is that um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have begun planning on an independent production company called Artists Equity. The plan is for the profits of the company to be shared with the project's actors and off camera artisans. Mm-hmm. Um, right, it's well, that sounds good. Kind of a big profile one. It'd be interesting to see how it actually pans out. Hmm. Um, I... when,
0: it, when you said it was those two names, I expected them to create a company that was called like some sort of good, Goodwill hunting pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have surprised at all. <laughs> um, and elsewhere, the other, the other company is um, Jason Blum and James Wan are in talks oh, right. to merge their companies, uh, Blumhouse and Atomic Monster, respectively, into a mega supplier of horror films.
0: Right, okay. Um, that would be good I mean I feel like almost every quite good or popular horror film recently has came from those two different houses yeah it's
1: Um, it's kind of the thing where horror hasn't really had like a big powerhouse of a production behind it yeah they've always been this kind of indie thing and I suppose the thinking might be that if these are combined into a bigger stronger um, production company with more of a presence We might see Mm. more higher-budget ones.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, Mm. Everybody's favourite producer, Walter Hamada, has signed (laughs) a multi-year production deal with Paramount Studios. He will be responsible for the development of several horror films for the studio.
2: Right. Uh, Again,
1: with horror. Um, Meanwhile, back at Warner Brothers, uh, David Zafslav has said that James Gorn and Peter Safran are close to completing a roadmap for the future of DC.
0: Hmm. Well, how long have they been in that role now? Is it, I mean, a couple I mean, of weeks. Right, okay. I was just wondering if they, it just got announced recently or were they doing it for a while and it got announced recently? I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Well, I think I don't think James Gunn has properly left Marvel yet.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um. So I think it's only kind of become official in the last few weeks and they're still working on it.
0: It's quite nice, in a way, that James Gunn is kind of like this weird little bridge between the two companies.
1: He is. It's like a kind of a happy little we're actually friends why do you think we hate each other
0: yeah like this this worker who's just happy making stories and he mm. just goes between two different apparently opposing studios
1: yeah um, I think I'm really excited to see what he does I think I'm glad that there's somebody there with him yeah yeah um, but yeah I'm, I'm very interested to see what they've got he did mm. tweet um, a picture of I think it's Mr. something or other I can't remember the name <laughs> it was it, well. Basically, I did all. I had all my news sources ready for this episode, but all of a sudden, I lost them on my phone. So that um. was part of the bulk. <laughs> 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 but now I can't yeah. find it now. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Elsewhere in Jenna Jones Five, we've got more details. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. I saw
0: the title of this article.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, we've got some pictures, we've got some photos of Indiana Jones, good old Harrison right. Ford, looking good. Yeah. Um, we've got a picture of um, Boyd Holbrook, I think I've got that name wrong, <laughs> um, Logan Villain, <laughs> he's also in the same Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, picture of him on a motorcycle, questionable haircut and a nice thick moustache. Um right. and then we also got a picture of Mads Nicholson looking looking like a Nazi, basically. That's the best right. way I can describe it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sort of look.
1: Yeah. Like. Um we also got sort of a few details about the plot. It's supposed to be set in nineteen sixty nine and we'll see Indy facing Nazis during the era of the space race. Jez Butterworth right. says, the simple fact is that the moon landing program was run by a bunch of ex-Nazis. How ex they are is the question.
0: Right, okay. That's a, that's a concept, isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's kind of that's what we've got. Um yeah. did also see something that said that there's going to be a sequence where they de-age Harrison Ford.
0: Yeah, I think we. I because of the behind-the-scenes kind of photos, we all kind of assume that because there's a lot of... um. Him walking around in the outfit with dots on his face. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking of yeah. I don't know how. I, I think there's a bit of uh, uh, rumors around. It might be like for half the film he's de-aged, or it might this be for a flashback? Okay. But um, I'm hoping it's more of a flashback than the half the film. Mm. Thing. <laughs> the thing I saw um, was
1: kind of just for. It just said the opening sequence.
0: Right. Okay. So yeah.
1: it'll be. It's left to see whether how much of him the are actually going to de-age him for. Yeah, um, I think if the technology looks good, then fine, but I think they're better off you know, seeing Indy as he is now. Hmm. And there was also a yeah. quote that said um, one of the main reasons Harrison Ford wanted to do it was because he wanted to kind of see where this character's story ended,
0: mm-hmm. which yeah.
1: is a loaded quote.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. can be <laughs> analysed. Mm-hmm. Is he going to die? Yeah,
1: basically. That's that's basically. what the next few months are going to be filled with.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, I think I heard that there might be a trailer come. I think you, actually, there might be a trailer. <laughs> Probably you. It was me, I think. <laughs> I think. we mentioned yeah. it last week. Yeah. It's going to come at least like within the month or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, very excited to see what's going on here, I think, with James Mangold behind the camera as well. Definitely mm. looking forward to seeing what we've got. Yeah. Um, kind of tangent off um, Indiana Jones. It's uh, quite a kind of, kind of little nice story, this one. Um, mm-hmm. Ki-Huai Quan, who recently yeah. made his acting come back in Everything Everywhere All At Once, has said that he gets a Christmas gift every year from Steven Spielberg. Aww. Spielberg directed him in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when he was a child actor, and Quan said that every time I needed help, he's always there.
0: Oh, That's <laughs> nice. Kind of nice. I mean I was gonna to say to almost kind of ruin it really, um, that if he is getting a gift every year by Chris by uh, Steven Spielberg, I'm I'm pretty sure it might be like he said to his uh assistant one day, Oh put <laughs> put him on the list for a present and then just forgot to take him off the list. <laughs>
1: I prefer to think it's because Steven Spielberg's nice man.
0: Yeah, that's nicer,
1: yeah. <laughs> I like to, on this occasion, just this occasion, yeah. I'm going to choose to maintain my faith in humanity.
0: <laughs> That's a mistake. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, random the news, Quentin Tarantino will direct an eight-episode TV series in 2023. He failed to elaborate on what he was on, right. and what he was doing, just so that we have that news. Um, Could I've be ma- Star Trek. I've managed just to justify... This staying in nearby thing. In the same interview, he also said that he thinks Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the best movie he's ever made.
0: Oh, okay. I
1: didn't mean, expect him to say that. Yeah, I mean, for me,
0: it's it's up there. I did quite like it a bit. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's my favorite. I think it's up there. Um,
1: mm. He's got a lot to pick he, from.
0: Yeah, isn't his his next film the? The finale it's the 10th one yeah yeah i'm still a bit confused as to why he's doing that but yeah if he wants to do it he wants to do it
1: (laughs) just just the way Mm, the tarantino way yeah um what else have we got so um sony oh sony
0: sony 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 (laughs) sony
1: is set to expand their spider-man universe They have reached a deal with Amazon Prime Video and MGM Plus for the release of a series based around the character of Silk. It will be titled Silk Spider Society. (laughs) Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the minds credited with the success of Into the Spider-Verse, will exec-produce this and other Spider-Man TV spin-offs. Angela Kang will serve as showrunner most, uh, she is uh, perhaps most well known for serving in that same position on the last three seasons of The Walking Dead.
0: Right. Okay. Um,
1: the thing that fills my heart with terror is the line and other Spider-Man TV spin-offs.
0: Yeah, that's the whole thing, isn't it? With Sony, yeah. that the endless list of things they might make that terrify you. Um...
1: They still doing that wrestler one
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess they are because they haven't announced it not cancelled it yet. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I don't
0: get it with Sony. I I, I always thought if, um, if they... Because Venom, that franchise, despite not being great like as a quality sort of movie franchise, it does make money from what I gather. Mm-hmm. And I thought they'd be satisfied with their franchise and then marvel doing the only thing with spider-man which in turn makes them money um i kind of assume that they'd be they'd be good with that and they'd be like satisfied but they're still doing the same thing they've been doing since 2012 i guess yeah <laughs> which is just always talking about spin-offs and sequels and of the weirdest characters um i feel like i've always heard about like the art may spin-off for example <laughs> since i was like 11 or something like that um There's always something going on, and I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's um, strange times. Yeah. Just strange times. Um, We've got a few other pieces of news. I'll end with a slightly happy one, even though it's not a massive bit of news. But we have also found out this week that the budget for Fast 10 has ballooned to $340 million. That's a lot. That's a lot of money.
0: Um, is it because the director left about a day into the production? <laughs> Maybe,
1: I don't know. I mean, it seems like every, every day they've got a new cast member.
0: This is turning into um, a, real, a, real, a real worrisome project, I think. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a lot of money. Um, yeah. I think if it wasn't a franchise that has had a genuinely good track record in the box office... Mm-hmm. Uh, is Ten Rent with the last one or is it like a two-parter
0: I think it's a two-parter it's oh, a ten part one so, so there's the another
1: Doctor 340 million yeah that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah that's a lot that last bit of news um, Millie Gibson has been cast as Ruby Sunday the Doctor's new companion in the next series of Doctor Who
0: yep I I was um I was watching Children of when they announced that oh I see but but I was, like, I was really excited for it and, like, kind of, like, waiting for it. And I, I swear, like, I looked at my phone for, like, two minutes and I looked back up and I was like, oh, okay, this, still, this hasn't happened and we're still doing other things with the, the show. And then I looked back at my phone, like, 10 minutes later and it's been announced and there's a clip of her talking. And I'm like, so for that two minutes while I was looking at the screen, it happened. And I <laughs> somehow didn't notice. I don't know how that happened. Because the TV was so loud, I must have heard at least, like, they played the theme tune for a bit, and I don't know how I didn't clock on that it was happening <laughs> right now. So I somehow was watching it, but missed it, but got notified when it happened. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's a really good. I think once he came on, the so did like an interview both on that TV show and also with with the actor playing the doctor mm-hmm. just for YouTube, I guess. Um, and yeah, they've they've got really good chemistry, and I'm I'm excited to see. This what the new season is really. Yeah. This overall, um, I just want to. I just, for some reason, I more than anything just want to know what the Doctor is going to wear. I don't <laughs> know why? Because I think that actor is just like a, a style icon. I guess. Yeah, he
1: um, could pull off anything.
0: Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, like what would he go for in the dressing room? You know. <laughs> you, and I feel like. Does the
1: actor have a say?
0: I think so. Because from what I gathered. Matt Smith kind of made his costume Yeah. by... I think he came in with a lot of requests for, like, he wanted at least a tweed jacket and all that. Mm. And the board had sort of happened on the day, I think. But, yeah, I think they do have some sort of say. And I just feel like, as well, with an actor, uh, like this, the new one, I just... I, I just... Yeah, he's, like, that sort of guy who will have a lot of say on the costume. Yeah. Because um, I think, yeah, I saw an interview with him as well on, like, some sort of red carpet. And he's a he's a, he's a guy who very rarely wears a shirt. Um, he's, a, he's the type of guy that wears a jacket, but no shirt sort mm. of thing. Um, and I'm wondering if the doctor for, for the next like couple of years is not going to wear a shirt. A completely
1: shirtless doctor.
0: <laughs> yeah, might be. Might Why be. not? It's not been done
1: before. Go for it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah,
1: mm. That does bring to an end the news. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So, main topic. and I feel like I've accidentally... Stolen the segue again.
0: <laughs> so I stole it last
1: week, and I found myself in a position moving into right. it again.
0: We're both cohorts, We're doing the same job, really. We can.
1: We're fighting. Yeah. We're fighting every week. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, Phase 4.
0: <laughs> phase 4, it's it's only been going... Because I'm looking at like the entries into the Phase 4 like now. Yeah. And it's Look at the release dates. It's only been for two years, mm. this whole phase. Um, I think that's not that's not usually the case is it because it's phase one's like 2008, 2012 mm-hmm. phase 2 is like 2013,
1: 2015 and then
0: phase 3 is like 2016 to like twenty 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 nineteen. 2019
1: um, I think 2019 because that yeah. ended with No Way Home I think didn't it?
0: Right yeah so yeah it's kind of strange that this one is basically takes over the course of over, it, like this over a year, I mm. guess. Um, but has, some in some ways, more films than the other theatres <laughs> and TV shows. It does. Um, which is crazy. And I think... as Well, I just want to hear what your general opinion on this phase has been. Do you feel like it's been consistently good or a bit up and down?
1: I feel it's been definitely the most varied. And I don't necessarily mean that in terms of quality um, because I think it can be hard to assess general quality across not just so many projects but so many projects that are really quite different I think it's the Mm. most different or most, I don't know, the most varied in terms of what they've been going for, who's been behind the camera and who who they've, they've also targeted the content at yeah. And I think that's probably one of the, one of the key projects in that they've certainly cast the net a lot wider.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They've introduced several new characters, and I think the comparisons between Phase 4 and Phase 1 are kind of inevitable. Yeah. Um, and I think that we'll probably talk a, talk a bit more about that comparison later. Um, but on the whole, I have to say that I, I think I've, I've really enjoyed it. I think the TV element has been something that Yes, I think the last few TV entries have maybe not been as strong as they were at the start. But mm. I think those kind of first three TV entries for me, yeah, they offered something that I think the MCU, not necessarily lacked, but I think they gave it something that just helped, helped provide Phase 4 some appeal, if you know what I mean. I think once we're in Phase 4 and going into Phase 5, that transition will be smoother. But I think there was definitely a big question of, after Endgame, where is this universe going? Mm -hmm. And I think, personally, I know there are many, many feelings across the board on Phase 4. But I think, for me, I think they've handled that excellently. I think they've Mm -hmm. balanced the idea of introducing a new slate of characters and introducing... Kind of the groundwork for where the next few phases are going to head, but I think they've also helped maintain an openness if that makes sense because mm-hmm. I don't think every project has been hey look at this multiverse thing we're doing yes there have been projects that it's been really heavy in yeah but there are you know I think multiverse has only really factored into maybe how many have we got maybe Three projects, and then a little yeah. bit of setup in another two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only really been major, major, a major thing in three of the projects. Yeah. And so I think similar to the, to what Phase One had with you know setting up, and introducing these characters from scratch, and that kind of openness of you know there's an idea that we're heading towards the Avengers, but at the mm-hmm. same time these are very much solo projects. I think they've they've handled that focus quite well. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like it. Has been varied in how successful certain installments have been. Yeah. But I think for me personally, I haven't disliked a single one of them. I mm. think at the very least, I have liked them all.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what about you? <laughs> uh, I think for me with Phase Four, the main thing I am with it, the whole thing is I'm just quite tired. Mm. <laughs> Um, and I didn't think that would happen with me and Marvel. I think because um, I think there's just, I don't know. I I got to I've, I've seen all the films in a cinema, but with the TV shows, I, I think it was about halfway, maybe before that, between uh, into Miss Marvel, uh, a TV show that I, I liked quite a bit when I was getting into it, um, and really found quite uh, endearing <laughs> and funny. Uh, but I just remember getting hoppy for it and just realizing that I was I was kind of watching it because I felt like I had to um and it wasn't it, and it wasn't that I wasn't engaged by it but I just kind of I think what I realized was I just felt a bit tired of just the amount of like back to back we're just constantly there's something new in the MCU yeah um and I think for me I, I, I think I could just feel the strain behind the scenes I can feel the for the first time ever really um so I think Kevin Feige is great at producing it is a, a miracle worker in terms of juggling so much at once but this is definitely the first phase where I felt like a um a sense of he's not he can't be involved with every project mm. to the the best degree of his control yeah or his cre- creativity or whatever um but, um so I, I'm looking at like, I look at the films now, like the like the list of films in Phase Four, and I like at least three of them quite a bit. Uh, the other one, two, three, four, the other four, I'm a bit iffy on, and there's one I definitely do not like at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's it's a bit of it's kind of the first phase I would feel where there's more to for me at least to to not quite love or even like. I'm quite I'm kind of just a bit lukewarm on quite a lot of Phase really. Okay. Um and I think yeah, I think for me it's it's not like there's anything wrong with the characters, it's not like there's anything particularly wrong with the writing even. It's it's just a case of it's just so much <laughs> Um Yeah. And I like you're saying with uh the the kind of the love behind those first three T V shows, i I totally agree. I was I absolutely love WandaVision and Falcon the Winter Soldier and Loki, especially Loki. Um I mm-hmm. absolutely love those T V shows. Um I mean they had their faults, like the the finales were a bit weird and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh but with Loki as well, like again, I, I loved it and I thought what a great little what a great way to tell stories that maybe don't need a film, uh, but are fun nonetheless and do quite a lot of work for the MCU and for the characters especially. Um, but then going from that like, to Hawkeye and then Moon Knight and then it was Miss Marvel, uh, and I haven't actually gotten around to watching She-Hulk because, like I said, I just felt like I needed to like, kind of recharge, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I will get around to it. I know I will, but I want to watch it because I want to watch it. Yeah. Um, and I think for some reason, this Miss Marvel was kind of the, the last, the last like step for me. Where I was like, I'm, I'm, I kind of wish that there was. Maybe free T V shows and free movies. <laughs> uh maybe that's the formula going forward if we're doing T V shows Because mm-hmm. uh, I just feel like it's, it's it's one, two, three, four, five okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven films, I think. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing that right. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight T V shows. <laughs> um including What If. Um, uh, so yeah, I just I don't know i don't know I don't even know what I would say is necessarily putting me off at the moment mm-hmm. um but like I say it's do you i mean do you at all feel like any like similar sort of i don't know like a i wish I had more time to really like, digest this new film or something like that
1: I guess so I think the overlap that some of the shows have had with the films hasn't helped- mm-hmm. I think yeah. the big two you can think of with this are certainly Hawkeye and Spider-man.
0: Definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, it's
1: like that. Spider-Man premiered between the penultimate and final episodes of Hawkeye, which I don't think did Hawkeye many favors. No, um, and I think the same happened with Moon Knight and Doctor Strange.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Either that, yeah. or it was only a couple of weeks after. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose She-Hulk as well only finished about a week, maybe two weeks before Black Panther did. Uh, premiered. I anyway. mean, yeah. so yeah, I think I see that and see how there would maybe benefit from more of a gap between projects.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that kind of has led to maybe a bit of fatigue. I think if 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 we are talking kind of the weakest stretch, I think with Miss Marvel, Thor: Love and Thunder, and then She Hulk, I think mm-hmm. it's definitely been the weakest stretch. But I have been. I think I've been reluctant to be overly critical of those two shows in particular, because I think for me, it's mm-hmm. a factor of, I've watched them and I've enjoyed them enough, but there's also been like a sense of, and I mean this in the best possible way, I don't mean this as as a complaint or anything, because it's the kind of complaint that are made by a certain group of people, <laughs> but I, those aren't necessarily shows that are made for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm, I'm not in sort of the main target audience for what those those three shows are wanting to say. I've enjoyed them, nonetheless, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that has potentially contributed to how they're seen uh, across the board. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: but I, I do think, I think I, I, I agree with what you said about sort of the presence of Kevin Feige. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. feels like that strength of influence. Hasn't been as strong as several of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, for what people said about you know, the criticisms people may have had about phase the phases like two and three, I think there was definitely a sense of consistency. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think going into phase four, one of the things that people people kind of said is that they want to see something a bit different. They want to see mm-hmm. more variety. They want to see the. Um, the grading change that was a big one.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. On on that, that visually, I think that has happened with this phase four. But I think with that you do lose. You know, you do lose something. It's one or the other. <laughs> you yeah. can't necessarily have that consistency and control, and have that kind of wider, wider sense of creativity and variance. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That being said, I think. Yeah just to kind of reiterate what I said before I think overall I think it's felt like a bit of an experiment
0: yeah it yeah it kind of like I think the main sort of uh kind of comparison that everyone keeps on coming back to is the phase one comparison mm. um and you know phase one is not perfect uh, it, it is a bit scattered in some ways yeah. um so maybe this is I don't know maybe it's kind of a similar thing going on now I just think I'd rather have this scattered sort of creativity going on than this sort of scattered creativity where there's not enough mm. like time to really do all this if that makes sense uh, yeah it, it's just yeah like I'm saying it's insane that Phase 4 again like it's it's been one year a little over a year but it's had the most projects in it um, that's like insane isn't it <laughs> it is crazy <laughs> I think, about. I think.
1: I think balancing the TV shows has been the major obstacle.
3: Yeah. Um, Just
1: because I don't think they've maybe known where to pitch it. Mm -hmm. Because obviously TV's come in, they've wanted to do these shows with Disney+, and Disney has kind of come around at the right time with it being at the end of Phase 3, Star Phase 4. And I think it's kind of been seen as this thing that could help the MCU in the long run, give them more legs, kind of thing, and Renew, renew stamina with having this new kind of opportunity, this new format. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I think in kind of negotiating that relationship between film and TV, they've kind of... It's not been as smooth as you might have thought. Yeah. And there hasn't been kind of that time to get, get a good sense of how to change things, if you know what I mean. Like, with yeah, them all I- being so close together as the feedback kind of comes in for the first three or four they're already midway through production and all the others they can't really alter anything yeah and so i definitely feel like now's the point where if we are going to see um kind of responses to what people have said to these shows it's going to be now i think we are seeing that in the fact in the way that There are less TV shows on the horizon now than there were Mm -hmm. a year ago. Like going into One Division, it was a case of look at all this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) Look at all this stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we are seeing that in the way that, you know, uh, Armour Wars has been changed to a film. Yeah, it did. Um, I personally think that's a good decision because I think Rhodes should have that film platform.
0: I've always thought this, yeah. I always thought it got a bit underused, really, Mm. by the MCU.
1: I think that kind of Iron Man level, I think there's a certain level of spectacle that comes with Iron Man.
0: Yeah. Kind of
1: big suits, big CGI things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kind of perhaps better suited to to a film. Um, So, yeah, um, I do have written down some of the next few projects for the next year, if you'd like to to
2: hear them.
0: So I think um, I I think I know them, but I like to actually hear them in order. <laughs> yeah, so this
1: is just for twenty twenty three. Phase five will go beyond twenty twenty three, but kind of it's difficult at this stage to kind of pin down where things are going to be. Uh-huh. Um, this is a fairly good idea. Um, well, there's a little bit of uncertainty about whether Guardians Christmas Special counts as phase five. I think it does. Oh, does it? Oh, um, because people have said that. Um, Black Panthers, the end of Phase 4, so I don't know, Mm. I guess this Christmas special is, to use your favourite term, a palate (laughs) cleanser.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) um, But yeah, it all kicks off properly, I guess. Not to dismiss Guardians, I think. I only say that because it's uncertain what phase it's in. Mm. But it clearly kicks off with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, uh-huh. that's 17th of February
3: yeah
1: um, then we get Secret Invasion which is a Disney Plus series that's supposed to be Spring 23 um, right I don't even see you see these year, but yeah, Spring um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is then May 5th Woo. <laughs> then Summer 2023 uh, at the moment we have Echo and Loki Season 2
2: all right are um,
1: oh, they both TV shows? Both TV shows. And sort of yeah. in between them is The Marvels, which is July 28th. Right. Um, moving on from that, the only thing that we kind of have any solid indicator of where it's going to be placed is Ironheart.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Again, in the, in the Disney Plus series, that's supposed to be Fall. And then there is a bit of a more of a question mark over Agatha Coven of Chaos, which again is a Disney Plus series. Some places say fall 23, some people say early 24.
3: Right.
1: I'm guessing if that is there, it'll probably be 2024. Right. Yeah. I don't think... I've I very rarely seen fall 2023 slash 2024 and it end up being in the earlier year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never. It's never been yeah. in the earlier <laughs> of the two. Um. But yeah, that is... So that will be... Including Agatha the Covenant of Chaos, that is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 next year.
2: Hmm.
1: Which I think is less than 2022. Yeah. 2022 has uh, even, been 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. So no, it's pretty much the same.
3: Right, okay. Um, so we're continuing the,
1: <laughs> the trend. <laughs> whereas there was 9 in 2021. But that was partly because of Covid
0: yeah kind of a lot of things ready to go I guess Mm. in some ways yeah
1: so where kind of based on what I've kind of just read off and based on what we've seen from phase 4 what are you thinking? (laughs) I
0: I guess I'm a bit worried honestly Mm -hmm. Um, not because I don't trust uh, Kevin or the studio or that the directors and writers in control of their own their own corners of the universe uh, will do a good job? It's it's more just. I'm more worried in the sense that I don't know if if anything can be its best self if it's if it's only getting two percent of the you know it's getting two percent concentration because the other ten percent goes to Loki and the other twenty percent goes to you know yeah uh, the next the bigger the Guardians film for example and it's. Um, I think as well. When I just think about the, the workers involved, in the, the the visual effects artists, mm-hmm. for example, or or the camera people, or anyone, I just, I, I just kind of worry that um, they really just there's a lot of work, yeah. and, and when you have that much work stacked together, you, you can't put your best work into everything, uh, which means that by nature of having this many this much stuff you kind of have to accept that you're going to get some not great work at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And you just, I would, I, for me personally, I, I get that Marvel is a massive, massive universe of different things. And you got street level heroes and you've got multiverse shenanigans, and you've got all sorts of explore. But I, I just would, I'd rather have like, I honestly, I think they kind of nailed it into like in phase two, beginning phase three, mm-hmm. Where it's, I think it was like two films a year, and I think that's for me that's fine. Two films a year, maybe if you still want to do TV shows, do two TV shows a year. Like just do four different projects mm-hmm. uh, over that year and fill each, I guess, like quarter of the year with that. I guess um, I I don't think eight or nine projects is 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 uh, is great. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's I think it's gonna I just. I just think it's they're gonna sh- they're gonna suffer more for doing this much, um, even though you know you're bound to cast a wider net by making this much stuff and getting more of an audience because someone might have more interest in, you know, an Echo TV show or mm-hmm. the Loki TV show, um, but I think as well with this so far with this these phase four and then going to the next one, whilst we're we're aware of, uh, Kang the Conqueror, and. Uh, Secret Wars, for example, like we know that's coming, but I do kind of, I don't feel like this this phase or these this new set of phases, I guess, has the same amount of um, clarity on where we're going, mm-hmm. um, and I do think that for some reason does impact the MCU. MCU apparently quite a lot because I can feel it, and I don't. I prefer how it felt um, going from Adventures to Iron Man Three, or whatever, mm-hmm. and like from. Avengers two to uh Doctor Strange, like I, I I think there was a clearer silhouette of like we're going towards Infinity War with these gem things and finance. Yeah. Like it was we didn't know what was gonna happen. We didn't know it was gonna be two parted necessarily, we didn't know it was gonna be half the world gets turned to dust, we didn't know that. But we knew like there was just kind of a a more solid silhouette of like we're going to this sort of big event that includes these characters in these movies. Uh, but I feel like because now we have so much uh, characters and different tones, but without any sort of, currently at least I would say, not so much of a direction, unless hmm. you like know from the news, I guess, like that Secret Wars is coming. If you don't know that, you don't, you know, I feel like with these this kind of phase, I, I, there's this kind of sense that there's so many characters that at some point you're wondering, I'm watching this Moonlight TV show, for example, but... Will he be, you know, coming back for the big event thing coming up next? Like, it's kind of hard to tell this time around Hmm. because there's so much that you just can't help but think, well, someone's going to get cut out at some point because, like, you can't do this in one film. Um, This many people in one film, although I'm sure they might try. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you feel like there's this this season, this phase, I guess, Uh, it kind of holds less I guess momentum is the word because I I definitely feel like this season feels a bit more kind of we're doing this and we're kind of we're twisting and we're turning and we're just kind of in the forest just looking about Mm. (laughs) sort of thing
1: yeah I think I think they definitely kind of tried to maintain a sense of openness so that they've been able to introduce these characters because I think once you get started on like the road to the big multiversal event there is less room to introduce the more characters. Um, But, you know, on the flip side of that, I suppose you could argue that if they're not... If you can't... If there's no position to introduce them on the road to the multiversal story, why are you introducing them? Yeah. I suppose that is is another way of wording it. Hmm. Personally, I think they are expanding the world in a way that matches the comic book feel more, if you know what I mean.
3: Like, there are all
1: these characters out there. And I think, I I get why they're doing that. I think that's a pretty interesting way of just expanding and giving a lot of depth to the world. Yeah, But it does mean you have a lot of projects going on, as we said. Um, And I think one of the things that, that, for me, looking at the new slate, one thing that I kind of see as a bit of a positive is that... Of all the projects, there's only kind of one new character going on.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: And that that is, that is probably Ironheart above, above all else. I mean, even if he includes Ironheart within Black Panther, we have seen all the characters that are the central characters to these stories, TV shows and, and films. Mm-hmm. And I think perhaps one of the ways that Phase 4 might have struggled is introducing a lot of characters through the TV shows.
3: Yeah, um, that's true.
1: And I think going forward, if it was me, I think I'd be more inclined to still introduce characters in films, and maybe leave the TV shows for things like Wonder Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and Loki, mm-hmm. and Hawkeye, where you are, you are fleshing out characters that already exist, and yeah. that maybe you haven't had as much time with in the films. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is kind of what some of them, some of them are doing. Your Secret Invasion is focusing on, on Nick Fury, and I think, I think personally for me, I'm quite excited for that one because I think what they're doing, the story they're doing, I think it works better if they manage to achieve that kind of slow build TV thriller type feel. Yeah. I feel like in a film, I, you know, obviously it's possible, be very possible, but I think you know, as it, from a creative point of view, if I am to have the arrogance to describe myself as that. <laughs> um, I think I would rather take on something of that style in a TV show than, rather than a film and have it be two hours. Yeah. Um, I think the natural sort of inclination of anyone creating these stories is you want more time. Yeah. And so I think that's probably why some of them have leaned more towards TV shows than films. Mm. Um you know, if you're writing a film, you obviously you kind of want to be. Well, I'm going to make the most of this. I'm going to make it two and a half hours long. Yeah. But Not every film can be two and a half hours long, and not all stories suit being two and a half hours long. I mean, yeah, if we are doing, um, if we are doing Secret Wars and we're bringing back everyone who's ever been in the Marvel film, then <laughs> two and a half hours is the minimum.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> that um, makes sense.
1: And so you know, there are a lot of characters and I think obviously the multiversal thing is is one thing, um, but it does kind of feel like they are also establishing these characters on two kinds of levels. Mm. Like if you look at Phase 4, you can kind of distinguish films between your multiversal cosmic type things and then your more street level ones. Yeah and I think that's a pretty cool dynamic you know, that's kind of the, one of the doors that's unlocked by having this many characters is that you have kind of different levels you can have kind of Moon Knight and Daredevil maybe Moon Knight, Daredevil, Spider-Man because Spider-Man's more street level now I would say yeah. um, and that that is one of the more sort of exciting doors that have been opened with introducing this many characters and yeah. I think, with anything that's experimental in kind of the approach you're going for and the volume you're going for, you are going to have some things that hit more than this. Mm. I think it's important to keep an eye on what they're doing for the future, and they are still doing a lot of projects yeah um, but I think for me, what they're doing them on is kind of what what eases any concern for me. Like, I feel like a lot of them can kind of be straight into the story. Whereas yeah. something like, something like Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk, and even Moon Knight, it's difficult to get going, I think. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, It's... Kind of one of the things I wanted to ask you is, do you get that kind of street level versus more cosmic feel
0: yeah i do i think whenever you come into a film like for black widow for example mm-hmm. it is quite fun for me because i'm always like oh yeah i forget marvel can sometimes be quite like not dr strange level because mm. <laughs> uh, it feels like a universe has gotten so big now that how can you possibly go back to you know a, the first iron man film but you can't do that and it does do that um mm. In fact, I think out of this... I think aside from Loki out of the TV shows, my favourite TV show was uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think... I just never really enjoying it for being a ground-level view at that world again. Because I feel like it had been a little while since we had that sort of look into it again. Um, And yeah, I think... There's certainly a, a, a divide between those two types of stories, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I do get though and I have had experiences with audiences and people that I've to see films with in the Marvel Universe recently mm-hmm. where if we're seeing for example uh, Black Widow or even Black Panther which isn't about the multiverse or whatever there's kind of this air of I, I liked it but um, it didn't feel important to the overall thing which I I guess you know is a thing with Marvel now because mm-hmm. you know it's there's Differing levels of importance. Now you just because that's inherent to this many films happening at once, and even in the earlier phases, you know, Ant Man's you know, it's a film in that canon, but at the same time, it's not you know, it's not a big hit towards Infinity War really aside mm. from the character Ant Man's there. <laughs> um, so you're you're always aware that some films are going to be more important later on than than the current one, um, but. I'd rather... Yeah, I quite like that divide, actually, in Phase 4, especially. Uh, This sort of... The halfway between ground level spy stuff and, uh, you know, Doctor Strange literally going between different universes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's something only Marvel can do, really, uh, which is having two of those things happening at the same time in a big franchise like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think with the... The TV shows, though, I think there's, I think, the TV shows are, are missing out on something a bit, um, and I think it's 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 it hurts me more <laughs> weirdly as time goes by because I think I've, I've seen so many now different examples of TV shows doing this, uh, and Marvel's still not doing it, and it's this weird idea that I I used to kind of like and agree with, but I don't think I do anymore, which is um, that TV shows. Especially now can be like an extended movie, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it works. And sometimes it works completely fine. But I, I kind of, I, I want to see a Marvel TV show where they do like, for example, like a Doctor Who sort of thing where there is an ongoing arc and there is an ongoing sort of background plot thing going on. Yeah, but I would, you know. I like. I would. I would kind of enjoy it if the TV shows were a bit more. Um, I forget the word, but like, uh, uh, like one-off stories. Episodic. Epi- yeah, there we go. Um, hmm. I would rather it was like that because I feel like, for example, for Andor, were seeing seeing uh, not necessarily one-offs, but like <coughs> we're seeing <laughs> uh, separate free. <laughs> <You okay>?
1: Sorry. <laughs> <coughs>
2: Everyone's dying.
0: I'm good.
1: <laughs> I'm good.
0: we um, yeah, with Andor, because I think last week we mentioned is our maybe our favorite of these Star Wars TV shows. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily one arc, but it is doing like three episode arc essentially that are just kind of almost completely separate. It's also this ongoing background arc, but there's kind of these like differing sort of little adventures that go on. And I would I've, I'm kind of fascinated that Marvel is so inspired by the comics that the comics that inspire them, um, but they're not kind of using that format that like comics have usually of one-off stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I enjoy. I do enjoy that you know, with the, with the TV shows that it's kind of a a, a movie, but we get longer, but. I feel like each time they do this, like One Division and Hawkeye, for example, there's kind of this weird thing where I'm really enjoying it for the first two or three episodes, where you get to kind of dwell on those like moments that might get brushed alongside in the in a movie because you have more time. But I feel like as soon as we start getting into the third acts of a movie, but we're doing it in a TV show, mm-hmm. it goes a bit hairwire and <laughs> it gets a bit weird. Um... And I think this this is something that isn't working 100% about doing this whole movie-esque TV shows where the first act is the, is the first two episodes for example um mm-hmm. I would kind of yeah I would much much rather if these TV shows at least for more often than not would try doing a like, little one-off sort of stories I guess yeah um and it is cuz I I just Yeah, there's just something a bit weird about the structure, and I think that's what's kind of been plaguing a lot of TV shows in terms of that sort of finale thing, that finale issue that they have. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which is weirdly kept on coming back and back. Um, Which, again, I think might have had something to do with the kind of the wind getting getting knocked out of my sails a bit with um, Miss Marvel, where I was enjoying it, but I, I, you know, I have that inkling sort of feeling of like, well, every finale so far has dropped the ball in some way. <laughs> um, maybe not Loki, but other than that, um, I did, so maybe that's kind of part of the issue as well now. Um, and similarly with the films, like we all knew it was going to end on Black Panther, and we knew that Black Panther was not an Avengers film, secretly. Mm-hmm. Like, we knew it was like Black Panther 2. Um, so it is kind of... I feel like both the movies in, like, a wider sense, but also the TV shows in, like, an individual sense, haven't had that ending to go towards, like, that really solid ending. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you had, like, for the first phase, you had, like, uh, Avengers, and then Avengers, Avengers, Age of Ultron, and then you had Endgame. Um, and you had that going towards you, at least in the final year of those films mm-hmm. coming out. Like, you had that, the big event coming out at the end. Uh, and I feel like this phase just hasn't had that, really. Um, do you feel like that? Does that at all kind of? Do you feel like this had an effect on this this whole phase? Because there hasn't been at least like a, a mini ending before the big end game ending coming soon.
1: Yeah, no, there hasn't been. There hasn't been a clear point of finale, and I think that's kind of obvious with the fact that you know people have said, or that we've been surprised when they've said, "Oh yeah, this is the end of phase five. Yeah, I yeah, think that's it's... kind of best reflected in that. And it is strange that there isn't like an Avengers movie. Um, on mm-hmm. the flip side, I kind of quite like that we're having a bit of a break from this Avengers team.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Not that, I think it's I Yeah,
1: you know, like the Avengers, but I think there hasn't been that as big of a other milestone, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There hasn't so. been the other team up kind of in its place. Um, And so maybe it has left us with a sense of Okay, we're on to the next one. Um, mm. I think, given kind of what we've been told, it would kind of have maybe made sense if um, Ant-Man was the end of the phase, um, Because yeah. it's kind of yeah. being touted as this big kind of multiversal thing that that's gonna kind of really bring everything we've kind of seen before to the to the front. Uh, even if something like Multiverse of Madness ended the phase Hmm. maybe could have worked Um, but again I also get why they may have wanted to use Black Panther in that they wanted to pay tribute to to Chadwick Boseman with the finale but I think it's in terms of of the flow of the MCU it hasn't had that um, kind of clear stopping off point
3: yeah yeah um
1: yeah. That... Yeah, I think. Sorry.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I think with a uh, like what like you are saying on Ant Man, I think that would make the most sense. Weirdly enough, to mm. have as the ending uh, to Phase Four, mm. um, it's very strange that it isn't really. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, like it, it's it's weird. I mean, it's weird anyway that Ant Man is this big of a film in the MCU now. Um, mm. This 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 third film is going to be the big one, uh-huh, which is weird to say. Um, and I, yeah, I just feel like maybe more... It's weird because like you kind of don't want to to give a, a movie extra work to do that isn't for their film, really. It's more for the future. But at the same time, um, if the previous films had maybe more Kang uh, hints in them, mm. maybe that would have generated some sort of similar direction to go to that we had in the previous phases. Because um, I feel like, yeah, I, feel like I keep on coming back to it, but I feel like this one, this phase, it just felt a bit lost, really. Mm.
1: Um, yeah, it hasn't, it has, has kind of suffered a bit from having that just, just no clear direction. Well, obviously, there has been some direction, but without having it being as strong as it has been, I think, not to bring it back or to, to go on for too long about what we've said about kind of the, the the being too many projects, I think like we said it's difficult when you're spread across that many f- sort of subjects to maintain that it's yeah. difficult to make sure that our overarching thing is present in every film and I think they have kind of tried to replicate what was in phase one in that yes there are kind of the hints that we'd look for as to, as to like the Infinity Stones and the Avengers film but it feels like they've tried to replicate how how unconnected those first few films are, and I think mm. in a universe where we are already so connected, yeah, it maybe hasn't worked as well as you know they might have initially thought they would. Mm. Um, that being said, mm. I do feel like it's worth saying that they did it might have felt a bit too much if they'd gone straight in
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah um and i think in some kind of ways there's there is a positive to how they've maybe taken a moment and been less full on and taken mm-hmm. more time to introduce the characters that they've introduced yeah um yeah it, it's 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 difficult to exactly uh, to or exactly point down i think
0: yeah, um, and I think as well when he was thinking about like the the weird kind of lack like, of direction and stuff like that, it it still looks a bit weird that Phase Four starts with a, a flashback movie. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. Um, yeah, it's very strange actually. Cause I, just, I just I remember that movie coming out and just this weird feeling of so this is how we return to Marvel about two years later. Yeah, <laughs> is there a a flashback movie about Black Widow. Um, <laughs> It is, yeah, I think that kind of set the tone of, like, it's a bit lost. It's doing some good stuff, but, like, it's a bit lost. Um, I kind of do wonder, like you saying there with um, trying to do it with Phase 1 again, where it's not as connected. I do wonder if, if it took more inspiration from Phase 1 in the sense that it could have been a film where we didn't at all go back to the previous people that we know, mm. and it was just a year of new people, like, new the entirely new cast of characters. Yeah. Um, and letting, letting them get their sort of first film in. Um, it would have been interesting that, if, like, the only TV shows were, like, the Moon Knight show or She-Hulk, mm. um, instead of, uh, you know, Hawkeye and WandaVision and Loki. Like, instead of doing characters we've already seen for, like, a year or two, maybe... yeah just go back to basics of like doing the whole team start from scratch and then you know two two years go by and then we miss the old characters and then we get to see them come back in some way and interact with the characters that we fall in love with mm. in you know that previous phase yeah um i do wonder if that would have worked better to actually like genuinely go back to phase one in a way mm. of uh just new characters and to see where it goes um yeah, maybe that could have worked, but
1: yeah, I think it, it, I think it's difficult to kind of balance that up against with kind of maintaining enough interest from what we've had before. Mm. like I think if, if they had gone purely with new characters, I don't know if like if, if they had gone and introduced new characters entirely and people hadn't liked them, I think they would have put themselves in a very risky situation.
3: Mm,
2: so yeah. I
1: understand why they have kind of got this continuity. <laughs> Um and you know I am I am kind of I I do really enjoy how some of the stories have been a bit more disconnected. I just hmm. think there is that aspect of being torn between two worlds, if you know what I mean, between two yeah. minds of how to of how to proceed. Yeah. Um and I think as we know where we're heading, we are going to see more focus on that, and I think Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantumania is going to be a big it's going to be a big moment if you know what I mean it's going to be a (laughs) big pivot point and that's Mm -hmm. kind of what it needs to be and I think so far from what we've seen it looks like we're maybe going to get that
0: yeah I think it needs to be kind of a like you said I think it needs to be like some sort of a jolt of like oh Mm -hmm. this is what we're doing (laughs) and this this requires you know Chong Chi and uh, uh, Hawkeye the I guess this is called Hawkeye, isn't it? The, yeah. the new character, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like it, it. It needs some sort of plot level kind of jolt, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that that is what we would get coming up. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess. Do you have any other like I guess closing thoughts on mm. this overall?
1: I think one of the, one of the kind of thing I wanted to mention was it's kind of difficult in that a lot of this we're in a position where we're judging without necessarily seeing the whole picture. Yeah. Like, I think with certain things, like certain things have kind of been introduced as this is going to be quite important. Mm -hmm. Two of the main things for that could be, you know, Ms. Marvel's bracelet and the the ten rings that Shang-Chi has. Yeah. And I think maybe later down the line, we are going to benefit from seeing how they do all play together in the end. 'Cause mm. I think looking back at the time we maybe didn't necessarily see the how important things like the Tesla act would be and how big the yeah. mindstone would be. And we kind of have the benefit of hindsight now in being able to clearly see oh yeah, that's where that ended up that's where that came from.
2: Yeah.
1: Um so it'd be interesting to see further on how things are gonna kind of fill together and again yeah. I mean, yeah. there being so many characters it's kind of difficult to see that but as I've kind of mm. said I think Kevin Feige has earned a lot of trust over the last few years and I do yeah, certainly yeah. where this phase might have been weaker I do certainly have a lot of confidence in him and mm. there, you know, discussions do tend to bring up criticism quite a lot and I do want to kind of refocus on the fact that I have really really enjoyed this phase so far but oh, well not mm-hmm. so far it's done now but I have it's... genuinely enjoyed a lot of it
0: yeah if not all of it and I think in echoing that I guess I think when you think back to phase one and uh, looking back after like Endgame for example where mm. um, look back at Iron Man 2 and you're like oh why is this random character apparently called Black Widow here mm. kind of seems a bit stuffed in and why is he even you know why has he got, so got this much screen time and that's definitely still a flaw of that movie as a, as a narrative. But yeah. looking back on it, the film was elevated by the films that came after it a bit. Which mm-hmm. um, so I feel like it's true for most Marvel films, really. Like yeah. even the already great ones by themselves, they're always elevated by what came next. I think. Yeah. Um, so I feel like even if this, even if I would say for me at least, I would say that this film has been a quite a weird one, and for me, kind of the. Weakest one, I would say. I, 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 still, you know, trust that. You know, a few year, a few years down the line, I'll look back on it and go. Maybe it's not my favorite, but I can definitely see, the the ideas being planted. I guess yeah. um, more so than I probably can do now. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just been a bit weird. I think.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's I completely think, understandable. Yeah,
0: and I think it's been kind of felt uh, by a lot of people. Like I feel like everyone can kind of feel it. Like this kind of, we've all. We're so excited for Endgame, and then we've kind of like, we've left Endgame now, and <laughs> it's kind of like, what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> kind of this weird like feeling that everyone has, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, unless you got anything else to say, I don't know. I think that's kind of the the topic, kind of closed now. Uh, yeah. File the file closed. The file closed. Um, yeah. That could be our catchphrase. The file, the file closed. closed. <laughs> um, if we're doing yeah, like
1: an so- X Files type thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, if, if you want that to be our slogan from now on, <laughs> give, us, give us a message and we'll, we'll let can you... we complete a
1: poll. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoy this. Uh, please let us know what your opinions are on the face 4 of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it via Instagram, at Marvel Podcast, or any other podcast uh, providers that you have that you're listening on right now. Uh, we'll try to get back in touch as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so... I hope you enjoy this, and we'll see you next week.
1: We will. Thank you very much
2: for listening.